right. Praise the Lord. I'm going to start off today. I'm going to start off today with prayer, of course, first and foremost. So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for today, for everybody who's able to be here. And Lord, uh, again, just praying for those who are not able to make it, that your healing touch on them. Lord, more than anything, want this word to come out and have the impact that you want it to have. Lord, you know, you know all things. You know our hearts. You know exactly what we need to hear. And Lord, may we be open to it and may you what you want to say come through today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to tell you right off the bat that I had to wrestle this message down a little bit. This was not an easy, I knew weeks ahead of time what to preach on, basic idea, but then actually pulling it together was, I had to wrestle with it because I kept wanting to change it to something that was more familiar to me or more, conventional sermon or more. I kept struggling with this and I kept uh, trying. I had to actually discard some of my notes or say had to save them as a draft maybe for a future sermon because I kept trying to change this and the Lord kept bringing me back to, nope, you need to do this. I'm like, Lord, I don't quite I don't quite get why I need to do this, but I need to do it anyway. So, title of the message today is Picture or Movie? A picture gives you one image. It's a still image. You can learn things about it, but it is only one moment in time. A movie gives you an entire story line. So if you only see one clip of something, there's only so much you can draw from one picture. You'll see online the upcoming movie trailer, and they'll give you, way beforehand they'll release like a, movie poster or image and you're like people will try to analyze and, and they're never right. I mean you typically they're they're guessing what the movie's gonna be about based on just this picture. But you don't know until you see the whole movie. You've only got a snapshot, a one piece of information, but you don't have the whole story. And that's what I want to talk about when we're today when we're looking at one another, when we're looking at another person or you hear somebody tell you about another person, you're only getting a piece of information. You're not getting their life story, what has happened, all that's happened in their past, or what God's going to do in their future. You're getting one piece of information. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to start off with why do we tend to make quick judgments of other people. And when I was growing up, it was still in the time where you had your good old Saturday morning cartoons. You get up and you you turn on the cartoons and you know pretty quick who the good guy is and who the bad guy is. If you see those uh, Ninja Turtles fighting a guy with a bunch of spikes on his costume, you know he's the bad guy, you know they're the good guys. You watch the superhero and the supervillain. It's really easy to tell. You don't even need to know the show. You can you can walk in on even uh, you know kids show today. I, if I my nieces or nephew or somebody watching a show and it takes me like five seconds to figure out who the good guy and bad guy are because they're very stereotypical. They fit certain pictures. 
Good guy looks a certain way, talks a certain way. Bad guy looks a certain way, talks a certain way, probably laughs evil, evilly, maniacally at some point. You know what you're looking at pretty easily. So maybe that's just a kid's thing. Or if I look at movies, TV shows, adult shows or movies or something for made for grown-ups, you look at it and like, it's really not that different. I like to pretend that it's a more complex storyline or something, but most things you watch, you can tell pretty fast who the good guy is, who the bad guy is. That's basic theater. You have a protagonist, your hero, and you have an antagonist. That's your villain. There's a lot of different details to do to it, but that's your basic fictional story. That's how it works. We, in our society, in our culture, we consume fictional stories at a rate way beyond like anybody else in history. You know, in the past, you might go to a stage theater. Centuries ago, you might go to the theater maybe twice a year. You might get a new book once or twice a year to read. And the amount of fiction in our lives was much smaller than what it is today. The number of hours we spend consuming fictional storylines, much higher now than it used to be. It used to be you did a lot more real life, and then you had a little bit of fictional entertainment kind of on the side. Now we almost have it flipped. And say, maybe that's no big deal. Maybe that's fine. Unless that starts to influence how we see real life. In our everyday lives, we can be real quick to judge that person's a good person, that person's a bad person. We, get, we encounter, funny thing, everybody's a hero in their own story. So every, you got a bunch of people walking around believing they're heroes in their own story, and you got anybody they have conflict with is a villain. So you got a lot of people walking around a lot of people that are villains in each other's story and heroes in their own. No wonder we're so confused all the time. Let me give you an example. And maybe you think hero, maybe hero and villain's a little too strong of a words, but it's it's how we think if we're honest about it. So back in the day I worked at a, I mean it's a nonprofit organization, there's no problem with me mentioning it. I used to work at the Better Business Bureau and I'd get a, and you know, I'd hear about businesses. So one day particularly I had somebody call and they said, I had a horrible experience with, uh, I'm just going to like this roofer over here. This, this company, this roofing company did a terrible job and then I had to have this other company come in and they did an amazing job and they fixed everything. Okay, great. Later that same day, I had somebody else call and they I, I had a terrible experience with this company, this roofing company here, but this other one came in, same two companies just flipped. They came in, they did an amazing job. They're incredible. They saved, they fixed everything. I have two different people, same two companies, telling me the exact opposite experiences. And I love that because that reminds me, every once in a while I like to remember that. Remember, that's about what people's opinions are worth. They are a picture, they're not a movie. That person's particular experience was the opposite of this other person's particular experience. And if I only knew one of them, if I only had one 
perspective, I would think good company, bad company. Or if I knew the other person, good company, bad, it would be flipped. I actually had that happen several times over the course of that job. It was just that one particular day having it happen so close together and so exact was uh, particularly funny to me. That's what we do, though. And in that case, that one's kind of funny. And other things can be kind of lighthearted. If you ask somebody what kind of car, you know, you have people that hate a certain type of car, certain car manufacturer, because they had a bad experience. Or they know someone had a bad experience. Or they grew up saying, oh, that one's bad. You got, you got your Ford people, you got your Chevy people, you got sh- whatever. You got U.S., you got... You've got U.S. and you've got import versus imports. You've got you have people have their opinions, and most of the opinions are based on one particular experience. Sometimes I'm, sometimes I'll mess with people a little bit, and like, well, have you done research on overall what how those manufacturers perform? And they just look at you funny, kind of like, no, they just their opinions based off of one experience, or their cousin had a bad experience, or something. They give you an absolute opinion, opinion stated as if it was absolute fact based off of one tiny piece of information. We commonly do that without perspective. Sometimes that's just funny. And sometimes when it comes to how we're seeing another person, that can be pretty serious. So there was an interview a few years back of a, a lady. She had been a, she worked as a maid back in the 1930s. Her name was Rosa, and she was asked about a previous boss of hers. And she said, he was a charming man, someone who was only ever nice to me, a great boss to work for. You can say what you like about him, but he was a good man to us. What do you think? I mean, you don't know this person, but hey, she had a good boss. A great boss, a charming, it's nice to you. Why was she being asked about her old boss? Because her old boss was Adolf Hitler. There was a, uh, there's some research done on some old um, report cards from schoolmasters and comments that were made. So back in Munich, found records of a schoolmaster from Munich in 1895 wrote on a student's report card. People were a little harsher back then. He will never amount to anything. Not very nice thing to get said about your kid. But it's even stranger when you realize the kid was Albert Einstein. The Munich schoolmaster is only remembered. He may have done a good job in other things, but he is only ever remembered for being the person who criticized, said Albert Einstein wouldn't amount to anything. Careful what you say about people. Another uh, school report card from 1905 said moral con rated had a different ratings and said moral conduct very satisfactory. And this student, this student's moral conduct is very satisfactory. That again was Adolf Hitler and his 1905 report card. The uh, maid, incidentally, still to this day has trouble believing that the person she knew did what he did, ordered what he orders. Later on in her interview says, I, I still can't, I've, I've been told what he's done, but I still choose to remember him the way that, he, that I knew him as being a nice person. 
you say, well, those are extreme examples, you've probably, there's probably somebody in your life at some point you have feelings about based solely on what someone else told you. And if you are, if you do, you're in good company. That's common for all of us to have to deal with. That what we, how we see somebody is influenced pretty heavily by what other people have told us. And that other person that told you that, no matter how good their intentions or how smart they are or whatever, they have a very limited picture of who that person is. We need to be very careful what we believe about someone else because somebody told us what it is, what who they are. Let me give you some scriptural examples. This was a fun mental exercise for me. Here are some people from the Bible that I have certain ideas about because I have the whole story in Scripture. But if I only knew that person through other people in their lives, what would I think of them? So what about Joseph? So Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then you have his son Joseph. Well, we have this whole story. Genesis has a lot to say about Joseph and how he went from when he was 17 years old and what his brothers did to him and what he ended up being at 30 years old. And it's one of my absolute favorite accounts in the Bible is Joseph. But there were people in Joseph's life that if you only knew of Joseph through them, what would you think of him? If you only knew Joseph from his brother's accounts of how they just couldn't stand him, and how arrogant he was and just how much they bothered him. Some people only knew Joseph from Potiphar's wife's accusations against him. And what would you think of him if... What would you think of Joseph if you were one of the people, Joseph's, at, during the famine, they're selling their, their land and everything to Pharaoh to get food? and end up enslaving themselves, and Joseph was making Pharaoh very powerful because he, God had told him ahead of time to save up this food and be able to feed people. But if you were one of those people that desperate for food and you had to sell everything you had and even yourself to Pharaoh to get that food, you might feel differently towards Joseph if you only knew that one picture of him. But God sees the whole story. What about Moses? Well, if you were the family of that Egyptian that he killed, you might feel a little differently about Moses than how we typically feel about Moses. Or if you were the Bedouins that he had was, had lived among, and then he leaves and goes back to Egypt, and you're going, what is this guy doing? He's already had a life here. Why is he going back to, why is he taking his wife and his kids back to possible death facing Pharaoh? Even after all that, even when the Bible says he's the leader of the Israelites, he's the meekest man on earth, his own brother and sister go after him saying he's wrong and criticize him. And if you listen to them, as Scripture says Moses is the meekest man on earth, but in their eyes they were saying, look, we hear from God like he does. He's, he's arrogant and he's wrong. All of these pictures of these people would be very incomplete. They don't match the whole movie. David. We're, we're, we're pretty big on the idea of King David. But if you ask Uriah about David, he might not be too happy. Uzziah, sorry, I said that wrong. 
But if it was the guy, hey, I was one of his 30 men when he was a, a nobody in a cave. And then you know, he ends up stealing my wife and had me killed. You wouldn't be too happy about it. You'd not get a very good report of King David from him. What From Saul's perspective, who's this usurper that's, that's taking my son's place as, as the next king? Who is this? Saul's daughter didn't like David. Saul had to remind her, hey, God took the kingdom away from your dad and gave him to me. There's plenty of people, if you'd gotten, if all you knew from David was from their perspective, you wouldn't have a very good opinion of them. And of course, the kicker here, uh, Jesus. Plenty of people you could have heard about Jesus from, and you wouldn't. What about the disciples that left him? He started, he started saying, he started calling them out saying, you're just following me because I fed you. But here's this covenant. You're going to have to drink my blood and eat my flesh too. And they said, this is a hard teaching. Who can follow this? And they all, all left him except the 12. And that was including people who had been part of the 70, some translations say 72, that he had sent out and they were casting out demons. They had experienced God's power. But they'd left because they couldn't stand his teaching. His own mother and brothers came at one point. His brothers didn't believe he was the Messiah. They thought he was crazy. They came to the house at one point to try to take him home. They thought he was nuts. If you'd only ask his brothers, and wouldn't that be? A, wouldn't you think that's a trustworthy source? Well, these these guys grew up with him. They're going to know him better than anybody. And they thought he was crazy. They would have told you completely the wrong story of Jesus even though they had excellent perspective. A, view, a vantage point was great, but their point of view was wrong. Speaking of that, Proverbs 16.2. This really jumped out at me. Proverbs 16.2 says, All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Everybody thinks they're right. Everybody will give you an opinion and tell you that's the right opinion. I, I, don't, I don't typically hear people say, I'm going to give you an opinion and I am wrong. Don't often get that. Something I want you to consider, I saw, I saw somebody say this uh, not too long ago and it really stuck with me. At some point, you've, you've been the villain in somebody else's story. Some point somebody's told a story and you were the villain in it. And when you someone's telling you something negative about somebody else, keep that in mind. Some point that was you. You may never have heard it, but at some point somebody's told a story and in their version of it, you were the villain. And so when you hear somebody else telling you, Hey, this person's a villain, think about that. Like how would I want to be treated? How would I want to be characterized in a story? Am I sure this person's right, telling me the right things? I was talking to someone a while back, and they had just had a confrontation with somebody based on what their friend had told them. And they had confronted this person, and they found out what their friend had told them was wrong. <laughs> and they're like, hmm. And they... I chatted with them afterwards, and they're like, you know, 
I've really only known my, I've known my friend a long time, but I've really only known that person at a superficial level because they're trying to, pro, they're, they're like, hmm, they're processing because they just found out everything their friend told them was wrong and they had just gone after somebody and were kind of embarrassed about it. Like, oh, okay. How do we avoid that? We need to be careful what we, what other people tell us. Even if you've known the person a long time, you know, we can know each other a long time and not really know each other past a superficial level. All we've ever seen is a picture of whatever image that person projects to us. And we do that too, right? Certain things that we kind of project a certain persona around, around people, and that's, that's all they know of us. And as natural as that is, we need to remember that. Careful what somebody tells you about somebody else. Overheard a conversation not too long ago. Somebody said, I can't believe they were telling him, oh, yeah, so-and-so, they told me this and they said this to me. It was something kind of shocking. They didn't want anything to do with me. They didn't want it. Wow. person they're telling says, they said that to you? And first person goes, well, they didn't actually say that. What they said was, and they repeat what they said, and it was a very mild thing. The person was annoyed or frustrated with them. Pretty normal stuff. And it's like, so they didn't actually say they didn't want anything to do with you or anything. You just, I was overheard this conversation at my workplace about, I was like, so you didn't repeat what they said. You you repeated how it made you feel. Some people don't know the difference between the two. They tell you what so and so said. They don't actually tell you what so and so said. They tell you how it made you, how it made them feel, which can it can be good insight. But and you want to be able to deal with those feelings. But we got to know the difference between no, is that what they said? And guess what? Odds are, every one of us have been on the wrong end of that. Every one of us have at some time said something to someone. And when they repeat it to someone else, it's not what we said, but it's how we made someone feel. If it's happened to us, it happened. It can happen to anybody. We can we can be any of the players in that little play there. Any of the any of those roles, those actors. We can be the one who said something that hurt someone's feelings. We can be the one whose feelings got hurt. We could be the uh, the third party who's hearing about it but not really hearing an accurate account of it. We need to be watch out for all of that. What causes someone not to be able to tell the difference between how they feel towards someone and what someone actually said or did? And again in Proverbs, when I say the word slander, slander is lying about someone to make them look bad. I'm going to compare that to gossip. Gossip's telling the truth to make someone look bad. Sometimes we get those mixed up. Sometimes people say, oh, it's not gossip, it's true. Well, if it wasn't true, it'd be slander. So that doesn't alleviate you from gossip. Gossip is you're telling the truth, but you're the motive. What it said in Proverbs there, everything seems pure to us. Everybody thinks they're pure, but God weighs the motives. Now, this is not a message on gossip, but I still want to throw that in. 
no no extra charge for that. Throw that in for free. But gossip is telling the truth about somebody in a way that's making them look bad. Slander is flat, flat out lying about somebody to make them look bad. And in Proverbs 10.18, it says, Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. I really like that. That made me think differently. There's a bunch of verses. I got a whole bunch of them here. I'm not going to read them all for sake of time. But you can go through most of the major letters. Uh, you can go through the Gospels and letters to the church. And there are plenty of lists of sin and slander tends to be on them. Mark 7, 22, 1 Peter 2, 1, 1 Timothy 5, 14, James 4, 11, Jude 1, 9 and 10. Slander is a sin, slander is a sin, slander is a sin, included on some pretty bad lists of sins. Matthew 15, for example, 15 through 19, Jesus is the... Jesus is challenging the idea of eating something defiles you before God. And he says it's not what goes in your body, it's what comes out that defiles you. It's not what, goes, not what you put into your mouth and goes through your stomach, it's what comes from your heart out of your mouth that defiles you. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, Oh, these are really bad sins. And there's one more on the list, slander. What is slander doing on that list? Murder and idolatry, and these are really bad things. And slander's right there on that list. These are what defile a person. And we have those lists, and we have, and oh yeah, it's a sin. But you know what? I don't. I didn't realize Proverbs... 10, 18 there made me think of it differently. Someone that spreads slander is a fool? Sometimes the, sometimes the sin doesn't scare you enough, but does the, does the idea of being a fool scare you maybe a little more? It, that had an interesting impact on me. Colossians 3, 8 also says, must rid ourselves of all such things, anger and rage and malice, and again, slander and filthy language from your lips. I want to revisit why why is it a why does it make someone a fool to spread slander? Because I, I really was not conscientious of that. You know, those scriptures tell you it's a sin, but they kind of don't necessarily tell you how you ended up there. But Proverbs 10 says, Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. Conceals hatred with lying lips. That is where slander comes from. Someone hates someone else, but they don't say, I hate this person. Instead, they say, oftentimes they say, well, I want to help that person, or I think they should be better, or they should, and then they tell you, then they lie about the person. They lie about the person under the guise of, I I want to, I'm trying to do the right thing, or I'm trying to help them, or I'm I'm the good guy here. I'm the good guy in this. And they lie to you. And the way, where that came from was they're, they're offended, they're bitter. But they won't admit it. They're lying about. I never realized that's where slander comes from. Let me give you an example. You turn on media. 
any kind of media. I don't care what political angle you want to give it. You turn on that, and they're it's slanted. The person that they like can do no wrong. Any any accusations are false. The person that they hate can do nothing right. Every possible accusation is absolutely true, and you're crazy for questioning it. And the one thing they won't tell you is, we hate that person. That's why we believe every bad thing about them. Because as soon as if they as soon as they said that, you'd have to question that credibility. You'd have to realize, well, oh, you shouldn't hate that person. That's wrong. But as long as I don't actually admit that I am angry or upset or I hate that person, and I, I can say whatever I want and try to play the good guy, but I'm slandering them. And Scripture just doesn't just say that sin. Scripture actually calls you a fool for doing that. Like, wow, like that's kind of that's kind of harsh, but I I like it. it makes me want to th- re- to rethink what I'm how I feel about people, what I believe about somebody, whether they're somebody I know, whether they're a public figure, any of that makes me want to stop and say, wait a second, am I listening to fools? Are my opinions being shaped by what Scripture calls fools? Titus 3.2, just to toss this in, says, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. I try to take what I hear a lot about subject to rulers and authorities. If I take that verse, if I really believe that verse, there's a lot of political talk that, that gets knocked right out of the win- right out the window. It's thrown out the window there. It's reminded me to be subject to rulers and authorities. And hey, it's not. It, it's important to recognize where there's when there's wrongdoing. But let's let's be honest. A lot of opinion of what's going on is based in hatred. It's not. Let's find out what the truth is. It's let's exalt a person and we'll tear down somebody else. And what if? I've let my opinion of somebody, whether they're a public figure, whether I know them, if there's someone in authority or if they're not, if they're friends, family, whatever, what if I've let my opinion be shaped by fools who are spreading slander, not being honest with themselves that they have a hatred problem? That's a little scary, actually. I'm actually not really, I'm not going to, drag this out any farther than it needs to be. I think it's, we can go ahead and get ready to close. Tracy, if you want to, yeah. So let's wrap this up here. Let's deal with what is it in my life? What do I, what do I believe about somebody that's been shaped by somebody else's picture? Or maybe it's just me. I've only seen a picture of that. I've seen that person at one of the worst times of their life, perhaps, or or just a bad day. And I don't know the whole story behind it. And I've shaped my opinion's been shaped by a picture, not a movie. 
You know, something that I've noticed is you interact with, if you've talked to first responders or, you, or you've interacted with first responders, police, firefighters, um, paramedics, those kind, oftentimes I've heard people criticize and say, you know, look, look how they, you know, they're not, they don't engage with people. They seem emotionally distant. They seem, you'll, you'll hear those things. I can hardly imagine a job where every day your job is interacting with people that are having the worst day of their life. I don't blame people with those hard jobs like that for seeming emotionally distant or seeming like they have a hard, they they don't connect with people. Well, they kind of have to be distant because everything they do on a daily basis, they're interacting with people having the worst day of their life. And you may have been told something about whoever, and that person was going through a real tough time. Or they may have to, the situation they've grown up in or they've been through, they may have to have a boundary, a shield up, where they don't necessarily seem like they engage you socially. And you're like, I don't know why, but if you learn the whole story about them, you go, I can't believe they're doing as well as they're doing. There's some people that you're like, I don't understand their behavior, and you get to know their story, and you're going, what's amazing that they're, they do as well as they do? I don't know if I could have come through what they've been through and, and do as well as they are doing. It changes your perspective. But if you're listening to someone who has something against them, doesn't like them, you're not going to get that kind of accurate story. You're just going to get a snapshot of something negative, a picture. So what is the challenge today? I know the challenge for me is ongoing reviewing how I feel towards people, what I think about people, whether I know them, whether they're a public figure, whatever. Reviewing that and saying, where did my thoughts or feelings towards that person come from? Do I know an actual story or did I hear somebody give me a little piece of information And is that biased? Is there resentment? Is there hatred there? Am I getting, am I listening to a fool? Am I being the fool? Am I the one, am I, do I hate somebody and and instead I lie about them because I can't face the fact that I hate them? So I'm going to pray. We're going to worship. Any of you need prayer? encourage you to come up. We're a praying church. Love to pray for you. But I ask you, take some time. Let the Lord bring this. It may not be an immediate thing like, oh, I know exactly. Maybe you know exactly right now already. I know exactly somebody in mind that I've had the wrong, I've had bad, I have bad feelings towards and I need to ask myself why. Or maybe it's something the Lord may have to reveal to you. You may be in a situation where someone has slandered you. It's very important that you don't respond in kind. Don't turn around and slander them back. You need to pray about that. You need to pray the Lord's wisdom and how to respond in that situation in a godly way. Scripture tells us, those scriptures there tell us to not to slander. And just because somebody slandered us does not give us, does not exempt us from those verses. We'd still be a fool to spread slander back. 
Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this word. Lord, shine your light on our hearts, those areas we try to close off and hide in the shadows and we don't even realize it, Lord. Expose them. Shine your light. Bring to our mind what needs to be dealt with, Lord. Pray, Lord, going forward, help us to challenge, to be healthy skeptics of the information that we're given about someone else. Help us to filter it with your eyes and your ears. Learn, Lord, to recognize the voice of a fool and not listen to it. Thank you, Lord, for this. In Jesus' name, amen. say you know, things too specific but I do feel like I need to you need know, to share bold things at times one of the things I appreciate so much about Pastor Rod was he said some things to me that were that were very hard but he said them with the right motive and they were extremely blessing to me extreme blessing to me and there were others that he did that for because he loved them and they turned on him and slandered him. And they missed out on, it was a foolish thing to do because they missed out on his motive was because he loved him. I want to share that with you. That's, because that's a very personal example to me. And I want that to, hope that speaks to you. And close in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for what you've done. Protect everyone. Keep them safe as they travel, Lord. And Lord willing, bring us back safely next week in your presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this. In Jesus' name, amen.